When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Get up, get tight, girl, say I'm the man. Ice on the wrist with the ice in the chain. Ride through the hood, yeah, I'm gripping the grain. And I'm sipping the same while I'm changing the lane. Messing with a D-board, riding them big toys. Make your man gal want to get on my team. She got to give it up once you get in my car. I ain't this there, but I know I'm a star. Welcome to an all new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Wednesday episode. We are moving right along. We had a great first two days of the week. We had Blocked by Jacks on Monday doing a full 
Bravo Pop Culture Roundup. And then on Tuesday, we had uh, a forensic therapist, Lauren Clayton, which I just thought was a fabulous conversation as well. And we talked a little bit, or I talked a little bit before that about Below Deck Down Under. Now, today's episode, it's just me and you. I love it when it can just be me and you, and we're recapping Real Housewives of Orange County. We're recapping last Wednesday's episode to get you all hyped up for tonight's episode. I am loving this season of Real Housewives of Orange County. There is so much that makes me laugh. That's ridiculousness on top of just Tamra, which is also ridiculousness. And I love talking about it. And I like, I like, I like doing these right before the new episode comes out because it gets me all excited to see the new episode. And you get to sit with your thoughts for a week. Like, what do I really think when they were talking about John Jansen and his dick pic? Uh, you know, like, well, I would just, your imagination just runs wild with the possibilities. And we'll get into all of that today. Plus, Gina is. I'm practicing for my real estate license. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you guys good? How are you? I hope you're good. It, we're, we're rolling. We're steamrolling through the week. Like I said, uh, so just sit back or lay back or if you're, if you're driving, don't lay back, but you know, just, just enjoy. This is, this is, this show is for you as well as for me, obviously. Uh, if you do like the show, please consider leaving it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I want to let you know, I uh, I did a full hour and 20 minute recap of this past Sunday's Real Housewives of New York episode four. And I think it is worth your time. It really is. I love talking about this show. I made the point on last night's Roni recap is that it's different. You know, we only get one season where they're unaffected by Bravo culture, you know, which includes us, you know, like all of our opinions and, and Instagrams and Twitters or X's are all going to be playing a part in next season. There'll be fight about podcasts and things like stupid things that we have come, you know, to notice on all the other housewives franchises, but you only get one season where these ladies are just, we just see their unfiltered lives. And I'm sure even that's a little filtered, but it's great. Like we're actually getting to know information. And I find myself with the New York ladies so far that I like, I lean in, I want to know more. Like I find it fascinating to hear Bryn's story or Sai's story. And it makes me rethink, you know, my snap judgment opinions on them. And I think that's great because then you go to a show like Real Housewives of Orange County and it's, it borders on ridiculousness. I mean, like you're like, oh my God, are these real people? And it's like a different thing. It is, it, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's very, Roni is very unaffected right now where OC or Beverly Hills or Salt Lake, very affected. Not only are these women at like almost playing at caricature levels, but they are also so affected by this low level of fame that you get from being on a reality show, the fame that they so desperately want. And I think that to me is fascinating. It's almost like American gladiators, like housewife gladiators going into the ring, Tamara trying to show people that she's still got it, which I was just thinking watching OC. It's like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be this easy for Tamara to come back and immediately rule the roost. But I feel like she is 
one episode away from like cementing that as fact this season, whether you like her or you hate her. And by the way, that's what I love about Housewives is that you can feel both emotions and that will make you enjoy the show. Like you don't just need to love people. You need to root against people as well. That is part of the Housewives experience or I've always found it to be that way. So when I really start digging in on somebody or their actions on these shows, just know, feel comforted at home that I'm enjoying it. Like that's my sick perverse. Like I'm like, I'm enjoying it. I love something that I disagree with on TV, not in my real life. You know, like there is something of value for me and going, come on, that's crazy. But Tamara, it, it, it bums me out because I need somebody to step up to that level to be a good, you know, okay. So think about on Potomac, you have uh, the grand Dom and you have Giselle. Like I always compare them to the Batman and Joker. It's like, they need each other to like, can, like the, you, you know, one can't exist without the other. And I think that is so necessary in housewives is to have that person that you fight against all the time, but you need that person at the same time. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's a necessary trope in these shows. And I feel like at this point, if Tamara is going to rule the roost, like, I, I feel like they're trying to set Heather Debro as somebody that can take Tamara toe to toe, or there's hints of that. But at the same time, this is the wrong season for that. Cause Heather is so focused on getting her thespian career back in Beverly Hills. I need to show the internet movie database that Heather Page Kent still has the goods. Shakespeare would be proud. I am going to make a comeback of all comebacks with my $16 million penthouse that I made Terry get. And now I've bought a house as well to go along with it. You know, uh, if anything, I really suggest to Heather is throwing all the shit away. Just get a shitty apartment in North Hollywood and start from scratch. If you really want to pay your dues, if you really want to be taken seriously, throw all the shit away. Throw it all away. Start like a real actor, like, you know, like Rocky, just hitting those bags, drinking eggs for protein, chasing chickens. Like, show us you really want it. Like, I don't care about all the accoutrement. And then Heather has gotten so used to a certain kind of lifestyle that it then makes it sometimes and i know it's not laughable in her head but it sometimes is laughable to the audience that it's like but you still want it you, you, you there's like you want to be meryl streep of some sort you want to you want to show people you still got it and heather is talented i think she is talented i just think sometimes it can be not a silly pursuit on her but it comes off sometimes as silly to the audience because you know she has so much and I, I know that's like kind of weird because we should be able to go for as much as we want. That's the American dream, right? But I will say you sometimes, uh, you know, as an audience member, you then kind of push these people to the side because you're like, oh my God. Like, I, I mean, I grew up as an actor. I've watched actors my whole life. I'm friends with so many actors and watching their real struggles you know, of just getting an audition and then you have somebody trying to get a $16 million penthouse to try to facilitate their comeback. And it's like, girl, your comeback has already happened. Like Real Housewives of Orange County is your comeback. Whatever you get from there, it's all just kind of like it's it's a it's a nice addition to what you already have. 
listen, I might change my thoughts on this, but these are just thoughts after watching last night because she, she desperately wants this, but also she has that, uh, she has that scene with Mark Cuban, you know, the billionaire. She's like, I can, I can host, I can act, I can sing, I can do it all. Why, why not just try to do one thing? Let's just do one thing and do it good and do it passionately. And, uh, it's just interesting I don't know. I feel like it's almost a weakness that Heather is on this show if she truly wants to do this down the line. Seriously, for real. Like, unless this is all part of it. I don't, you know, they're all they're all wackadoos, right? You guys are all wackadoos. Okay, before we get into this recap, I did talk about Monday night's episodes of Below Deck Down Under at the beginning of Tuesday's episode. Now, we have a couple of updates on this. I wanted to, play, now just if you don't know and you're not watching, is that the bosun, they all got hammered. The bosun, this girl, this this one of the stews got wasted, was put to bed. The bosun comes into her room, removes his towel and is naked and gets into bed with her. A girl that is passed out and production immediately jumped in. The guy tried to push production out, shut the door on him. It's like, no, you need to go. And then he realized he was busted and like ran into his room and locked his door and acted like he didn't know what was going on. And Captain Jason removed him from the boat that night and then fired him the next day. And then the other girl, Laura, one of the other stews was like, I don't know why they, they removed Jason. That's that's so sad for him. And like just said horrible things to the girl that would have potentially gotten assaulted to her face. And then she got let go as well. So it was very intense. But I wanted to play you Asia, uh, our chief stew. She uh, said this on Instagram, revealed a statement uh, today. And I thought this was good to hear. Hello everyone, how are we? Um, so obviously the episodes have come out now and I know that everyone has got a lot of opinions and there's a lot of feelings and emotions and all these things coming up for a lot of people. I know obviously it was a lot for myself at the time as well, but I just wanted to take the opportunity to come on here and just remind everyone of the main message that was shown on the episode, which is that women and actually everyone has the right to go out and have fun and feel safe. And that is just the f***ing end of it. There's no questions or ifs or buts or maybes. That is just the end of it. So please, please just keep an eye on your friends. Keep an eye on each other. Um, we just need to share the love. Keep an eye out. Okay, so I love that. And what she's referring to is that then the the girl that the guy got into bed with was the next day. She was like, oh, I did get really drunk and I did. And it was almost kind of like, well, maybe I did welcome this behavior. And that is completely and a lot of women that I talk to have that exact same thought process. And that is bullshit. You know, it's like men don't go worry uh, how drunk they get. Like a woman can do whatever they want to do, period. Period. And they should never have to worry about being assaulted because of some because they drink too much. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. And men prey on that kind of stuff. And that, that's just is so ridiculous. And I thought that was such a great message of like in all of this. Let's, you know, don't it, it, it's a form of victim blaming. And then the victims end up blaming themselves sometimes. And I just find that ridiculous. Now, in another ridiculous little wrinkle to this. The people that were let go last night, uh, they've made a couple of statements. Um, so the bosun, his name is Luke Jones. His Instagram is Luke Bones Jones. <laughs> Perfect. He. This is what he writes. He goes, it doesn't matter what they think about you because you don't care. 
everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact. He's also capitalizing every other word, so I, that worries me. Uh, he, he continues, everything we see is a perspective, not the truth. Take ownership and move forward. Okay, so that's the message. And then he posts pictures of him with his shirt up showing us his abs. And literally, for a guy who removed his towel and got in naked with a bed that was fully incapacitated uh, that we all saw, you should leave your clothes on at a certain point, dude. Like, congrats on your abs. Amazing. But also, this is bullshit. It's like, you aren't taking ownership. Like, I, you know, you. by the way, in a certain way, you could say this man lucked out because it was caught before he potentially did anything wrong because that's where it was headed. If you saw that episode, but also just this kind of bullshit, like dude live, I guess live the truth that you can, you, you need to keep living. But I just thought this was disgusting. It was the wrong time and it was the wrong, I mean, just the wrong picture. What a way to really nail in what a slime bucket this guy is. I just thought it was like the audacity was even boggling to me. I was, I was like, dude, like, what your abs along with this stupid vague bullshit message that we get so much of and it's like have your moment dude but it uh i don't know it just really really did not did not hit the way that i potentially um think he wanted it to hit now laura the other girl that was let go last night from below deck uh she also she, I mean, listen, it's a television show. These are edited together. I mean, I don't believe in necessarily like bad edits. I mean, I think you have behavior that the camera picks up on and you see that some people just live in a different universe than we do. And I think she was, even from the very beginning of this season, just was a very interesting person in how she seems to live her life. And I'm trying to find... Uh, her name is Laura Bills Bileskane. Laura Bileskane. Now she made a post as well. Uh, this is her. Oh, damn it! I have to follow her to see the. I'm not going to follow her. Uh, let's see if any of the Bravo accounts put this up on there. I'm sure somebody had to have because I saw it somewhere and I wanted to read it to you guys. I just thought it was another tone deaf post on top of tone deaf post. Um, it's so weird. Okay. You know what? I can't find this in the moment. I'll find this in a second, but it was literally like, uh, this is entertainment. It's a television show. Uh, you know, I see now, I, I don't know. God bless, but it was just so weird. And it was on top of her getting close to victim blaming as well. I think this is an important conversation. And I love that uh, Bravo showed this to us. I do. And I will say they showed a mid-season trailer for the rest of the season. And Joao comes back. Joao from Below Deck comes back. Talk about potentially, you know, interesting versions of masculinity. He comes back. It looks like it's still an insane second half of the season. I suggest you guys jump on board the below deck down under train, but I do appreciate these shows when they get to show real life situations. And somebody wrote me like, well, don't you think their drinking should be um, restricted and stuff? And I don't know. I'm, I'm out to school on that one because, you know, I know a lot of people in the reality of those situations go out and do drink heavily. We are trying to show the reality of that situation. I really don't know. I mean, I'm, I think 
things will be put into place eventually. Now, if you compare it to the Bachelor franchise, after one season, they had to relegate it where the Bachelor contestants could only have, like, what was it, two drinks uh, a night? It was something ridiculous like that because they just didn't want to be liable for any insane situations, which we had seen on The Bachelor previously. They might institute that, and I, I, I'm willing to see how any of that works, but I don't want to put it so much in a fishbowl where it becomes like The Bachelor. Um, I don't know. I, I thought the producers jumped in uh, very quickly, and I think we've seen improvement on that over the seasons, but I thought they handled it just j- just the complete right way. But between this and then hearing some of the stories of the ladies on Real Housewives of New York this season, I'm like, this is. I feel like this is headed in a good, good direction. Let me know what you guys think, though. I mean, now, something that's headed into a bad direction, but entertainingly so, is Real Housewives... <laughs> of Orange County. Um, I truly, you know, it's like, I, it's hard to compare Roni and Real Housewives of Orange County. It's like two separate shows. And I like both of them in totally different ways. Are you guys with me on that? I, I just, I think they both work, but you can't compare them because Orange County is almost like a sketch comedy show. And Roni, you know, I'm trying to think of it. Like, you know what it is? It's it's back in the day when I was a young kid, I would have on Wednesday nights, I would have a jam-packed TV viewing schedule of Beverly Hills 90210 and Party of Five. And Party of Five, if you don't remember, was the Salinger family and their parents had died. They were raising this baby and they all lived in this dimly lit nice house in San Francisco. It was always like this. It was like just so dimly lit that I was like, no wonder you guys are always so fucking depressed. Turn the light on in this place. What? I mean, you guys don't have lights? I mean, that's going to help just to light this whole area because I would be depressed too. But it was just amazing. But it was so serious each week, you know, Bailey dealing with his alcoholism, uh, Charlie and his, you know, like his sleeping around, you know, it was just so good, but so real to me at that time. But 90210 was completely ridiculous. I mean, at that point, 90210 had been on for like nine seasons or eight seasons, and they were like, they were almost regurgitating storylines from like the first couple of seasons. Like, Oh, okay. We're doing a gun episode again. Oh, we're doing a steroid episode again. Oh, we're doing a drug episode again. It just got more ridiculous and more ridiculous. So I would sit there knowing that I was going to laugh through 90210. And then I would get to party of five and I would lean in. I'd be like, Oh my God, this is real life. Even though it's not, I mean, it's not real life, but you know what I'm saying? The, The tone of these two shows were so different yet. I loved watching both of them. I felt, I looked forward to every Wednesday and I'm not arguing for these to be on the same night, but you know what I'm saying? So this is season seven 17 17 seasons episode nine loose lips and relationships and loose lips has nothing to do with any sort of female body parts so stop put that out of your head you're disgusting that's gross that's a tamra joke uh and loose lips and relationships so obviously this title refers to um people potentially talking about shannon bedore and john jansen their relationship which Shannon got all butthurt about because Tamara, of course, Tamara out of nowhere is like Heather DeBrose talking about you and John Jansen's relationship to everybody. And Vicki Gunvalson is there. And whoop, can we talk about Vicki Gunvalson for a second? Like Vicki Gunvalson, we talk about caricatures of themselves. Like I know that's Vicki, but she's doing so many Vicky things in like a very small amount of time that it's jarring. Like she, the little Yelp she makes, which is like a little dog. She's like, ah! What? Ah, ah, ah. Let's whoop it up. We got to whoop it up. 
Like she's, it's, it's like throw it all against the wall, girl. But it sometimes jars me where it's like, I want that to be my wake up alarm of Vicky Gunvalson. I mean, go back and watch. She literally goes, she does that multiple times. And it's, um, it's, it's frightening. <laughs> it's frightening. Anyways, this is the description the cable company gives us. Jen and Tamara, Jen, the new cast member, the yoga that's with Ryan, put their issues to rest and plan a triple date. Eddie confronts Ryan about rumors. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm in, dude. I'm fully in. Eddie confronts Ryan. Eddie, gentle giant Eddie. Uh, you know, co-founder of the now defunct cut fitness and Jen and Tamara put their issues to rest. When I read that, I'm like, Jen, don't even, don't even the fact that anyone trusts Tamara, I will shout about this all season long. And if I ever get to talk to Tamara, I'm like, dude, like my first question for Tamara is like, how psyched were you when you realized all these ladies bought your shit? Like how psyched as a, somebody that really loves doing this, how psyched are you that everybody bought your bit hook, line and sinker? At what point did you realize it was going to be this easy this season? Like, I mean, you, I mean, if she could just like, wouldn't it be great for Tamara just to be fully honest and skip with all the caring bullshit? No, I really love these people. No, you don't understand. I love, no, 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 no. You love the show. Tell me honestly, how psyched were you when you realized how easy this would be? Like, it's like the end of that movie Primal Fear with Edward Norton and Richard Gere. Remember, and, and if you haven't seen this movie, spoiler alert, but come on, it's like 20 plus years old. Is Edward Norton the whole time he's playing this stuttering guy? Like, I, could, I couldn't have killed somebody. No. And Richard Gere's his lawyer. And at the very end, Richard Gere figures it out. And we see the stunning transformation of, of Edward Norton turn into like the cold-blooded killer of like, huh. You bought it hook, line, and sinker, idiot. Like you, and it's like a stunning transformation or Kevin Spacey and usual suspects. And he's like doing the little limp and all that stuff. And then we realize he's Kaiser Soze and the limp, you know, the camera follows him and the limp goes away. I want to see Tamara drop all of this and go, you fucking idiots. This was easier than I ever could have imagined. My God, I've got so much power right now that I might be able to even get Freddie Mellencamp back on this show which I even think she knows that's probably a bridge too far. Um, so anyways, we get, uh, you know, we start off immediately where we started last week, where Shannon Bedore was trying to rip her mic pack up. Tamara got up from the lunch with the Trace Amigas. Vicky is just sitting there, just drinking tequila, just out of a bottle by herself going, up, up, up. And Shannon is all flustered. Like you guys, you guys don't know what to do. This is gonna, this is gonna, it's gonna ruin it all. It's gonna ruin the relationship. She's panicking. Like she's, she's so panicking that I'm like, what, what fucking hold does this John Jansen? And and just so you know, if you're new to these recaps, John Jansen, he doesn't say a lot, but in my head, he's just this the most intense man ever. And when you see Shannon's fear about anybody talking about John Jansen, it really ramps up my theory of this man is potentially a, it's potentially he is a serial killer. It's just anyway. So you guys don't know what this is going to do. It's going to ruin our relationship. And Vicky's at the table, just talking to herself. She's like, what did I say? What did I say? And Shannon's like, if someone is talking about, if somebody's talking about our arguments, the arguments we had, that's not okay. And Vicky's like, what's going on? What's going on? 
what's going on? She's by herself. And Shannon is with Tamara. And Shannon's like, John is super private and he's going to lose. He's going to lose it. So that's it. That's it. I guess that's fine. That's fine. And I'm like, what does this mean? Shannon, come Shannon, talk, breathe, breathe, Shannon, breathe. What do you mean? What do you mean? John's going to lose it. What do you mean? God, they're talking about me, John Jansen. They're talking about my relationship. All I do is live under the bridge in this boathouse. Nobody talks about John Jansen. That's me. I've gotten a nice bachelor life. I live here with me and my dog. There's no room for anybody. Shannon, you're a nice little toy for me, John Jansen, to play with. But anybody goes poking their nose in John Jansen business. Well, I got to take care of business then. Uh, So in a talking head, Shannon... He's like, I made the decision to confide in Heather when I was at home in private about something that was happening in my relationship and I was vulnerable. And Tamara's like, listen, this is a blind side to me as well, Shannon. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And Shannon's like, no, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. You know, the Shannon, no, it's good. Everything's good. No, it's all good. Even though she freaked out and tried to throw her mic back into the ocean. She's like, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. I'm just going to die. I'm going to die now. He's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. Uh, and then talking head, uh, Shannon's like, I was stupid. The stupid shit that I thought was going to be kept between the two of us, me and Heather. And now Tamara comes back to the table and Tamara's like, I'm sorry. I didn't think that this was going to be and i'm like tamra this is a part of the tamra act i'm sorry i didn't think that this was going to be a thing tamra you knew immediately this is what i'm talking about and we need this person on housewives i'm not arguing that point so please i understand that but this is the kind of bullshit of like i'm sorry i didn't think this there you're on this is season 17 of orange county you didn't think that this was going to be a deal. You knew immediately it was going to be a deal. Anybody you had talked about it previously, like Emily, knew this was going to be a deal. And Vicky just trying to jump in there. And she's like, you got this, girl. You got this. You defend your love. You go, girl. Like Vicky's saying shit like that. I'm like, what has she got? Vicky's like, you got this, girl. What do you got? Like hiding this from John Jansen? You got this, girl. Woo! She reminds me of when Will Ferrell uh, used to do the drunk, uh, like the Harry Carey Chicago Cubs play caller imitation on SNL. Like, ah, bottom of the pitch. I'm Ricky Donaldson. Yeah, runner on first. Like, it's just wild. And Tamara goes, can I be honest with you? I don't know. Can you, Tamara? Evidently, Heather's been telling Emily and Gina that the relationship between you and John is shit. And Shannon goes, well, like details? Is she saying details or or did she just say shit? Which is such a weird line to say, too. Like, does it matter? Does it like, (laughs) is she saying details? Is she saying he tied me up? What is she saying? Or is it just shit? And Tamara goes, that that you are not good. And Vicky goes, why is she talking about your relationship? Why is she talking? Why is she talking about your relationship? And Shannon goes, is there any relationship that doesn't have an issue from time to time? And Vicky's like, what are you going to do with Heather? What are you going to do with Heather? And Shannon goes, well, I'm going to say, read between the lines, motherfucker. And she holds up three fingers. Like, this is how mad Shannon is. Shannon is now resulting to horrible sign language where she holds up three fingers, read between the lines. And you guys, I did the research on this with my own hand. If you read between the lines of those three fingers, if I put the other finger down and this finger down, guess what? It's the middle finger. <gasps> Shannon Bedore. Shannon Storms Bedore. That's tricky, too. That's like Da Vinci code. Like most people wouldn't know that's the middle finger. That's what she meant. The middle finger. 
And she goes, I, I that motherfucker, I'm feeling a hundred percent complete betrayal, Shannon says. And Vicky goes, She did betray you. And Shannon goes, Absolutely. <laughs> Tamron at talking that goes, Oh my God, all these ladies are idiots. No, she says, Evidently, Heather doesn't remember the last time she talked about Shannon's relationship. It kind of blew up in her face that time, too. And we cut back to that fight of 2014 where Shannon's like, Heather, I don't want you talking about the email with my husband, David Bedore. And then we see a scene of David telling Heather and Terry to bro, You're wrong. You're wrong. David Bedore has the same kind of buttoned up anger, a little more intense than John Jansen, but it is, sh there's shades in there. Do you guys not see that? It's there's, there's the same shades in there. And uh, in this, that was the fight in 2014 where Shannon ran out screaming. I've had it with you all. You all will see the truth, which I, I think Shannon, like the QAnon group needs Shannon. Like this is the kind of, this is the kind of energy we need. Uh, Tamara and Italian goes, I just, I don't talk about Shannon in our relationship. Tamara, you lying son of a bitch. That's all you do. This is what, this is what I'm talking about. Do the producers laugh when Tamara says it? Tamara, this is how this all started. You guys, I do want to point out of like, yeah, Heather did say this shit, but it is not on camera. Heather had private conversations with Emily, Gina and Tamara, and none of those were on camera. Guess who brought it on camera? Tamara. Tamara brought it on camera. It's very similar to the Ryan Jen relationship. Even though Gina was talking about it a little bit, Tamara exploded it. Because Tamara's like that running back that sees the hole. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to take the ball and I'm going to just run with it. It might not be the pattern that we talked about, but I'm going to run this thing and I'm going to run it to the end zone. But like Tamara, that's all you do is talk this. And, and I want to also point out if there really is serious issues between John and Tamara, wouldn't a friend say, Hey, I want to talk about you and John. I really heard some very intense stuff instead of the onus being on Heather like Heather, yeah, you're on a housewife show. Everybody has a big mouth. Moving on. Hey, are you, is John abusing you in any sort of way? Cause it sounds potentially disturbing this information. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's so interesting. It's like the look over here when we should be looking over here. A real friend wouldn't be concerned about Heather saying something because Heather didn't say it on camera. Yes, it sucks that we all talk behind everybody's back, but it's just that's how life goes. But it's the bringing up on camera, which Tamara is leading that charge. Um, uh, so Shannon, uh, Shannon goes, people in glass houses, uh, what's it called? And Biggie's like, shoot stones at them. You shoot stones. And then Biggie goes, ha, ha, and just cackles. Ha, ha. And Tamara goes, you mean they people in glass houses, they, they, they shouldn't throw stones. And Biggie goes, no, I, they shouldn't throw something about stones. Yeah. How about, how about if we stop talking about relationships and whoop it the fuck up? Trace it, and then they all screech. Trace Arigas, and they just do shots, and it is so, it's so troubling. <laughs> it's so troubling, and it just—I mean, Tamara must just be like, I'm the golden child. I cannot do. I am so powerful in these moments. Now we cut to uh, a pumpkin field. Of course, we cut to a pumpkin field. It's the Shane and Emily's family. We got An Annabelle, the model, uh, age nine. You can already tell Annabelle's like, I don't want to be here. She's got that uh, that face that we all made as kids of like, I don't want to be here. There's a stupid cameraman in my face. 
And we got the two boys with them. They're waiting for the tractor and the boys see a scarecrow and uh, Luke and Keller. And Luke's like, is that Sam the scarecrow? He doesn't like if you're wearing a costume, he'll kill you. And Emily's like, Emily's like, did some kids at school tell you that? It's not real. And Shane's like, well, don't chastise him, Emily. That Maybe just teach him so he doesn't feel scared. Now he's nervous and worried. And I'm like, Shane, what do you think filming's doing to the poor kid? And in talking head, Emily goes, some of the biggest issues me and Shane have in our marriage is about our parenting style. And uh, the kids uh, waiting for the tractor are kind of fighting with Annabelle. All three kids are fighting about who's more annoying. And then Shane goes, I, mom's more annoying. I win. <laughs> Sorry, you guys lose. This shit, That's what I'm telling you. Shane seems like a genuinely nice guy. But he is that type of guy that takes dad jokes to the next level and is always looking for the person to pick on. And that person seems to be Emily. And it's done in this really innocuous, innocent way. Um, and I don't think he there's a I don't think there's this mean bone in Shane's body, but I think it's mainly just like a force of habits, kind of like this this nasty itch that he, you know, like you just got to scratch that itch and just make fun of Emily. And it really is wild. We see it so much. Emily's like, uh, Emily and a talking head's like, well, the problem is Shane likes to check me right in front of the kids. And Emily's like, why do I always get thrown under the bus by you? And then Shane's like, well, don't get in front of the bus, <laughs> which by the way, hats off to Shane for not saying, well, Emily, you look like the bus, which I was scared. He was going to say, I, like, by the way, Emily looks gorgeous like she's gotten that whole like working out makeover a little ozempic thrown in a whole cocktail of things but then i think emily looks amazing i've said like i'm i don't know like like i know she looks amazing right now but i i don't know like there's part of me that misses i don't know anyways annabelle says uh so now they're on the tractor and annabelle is still just not having it she's like i don't want to be here and then Emily's like, come over here. And Annabelle's like, you said you wanted me over there. And Emily's like, I never said that. And Shane's like, yeah, you did. <laughs> Shane immediately disagrees. And Shane in a talking head, Shane gets his own talking head, goes, when it comes to parenting, I feel like I do things well or better. I have a lot of patience. And Emily says in a talking head, I have none. And Shane in the talking head says, well, I give him too much grace. I, I get to be the fun dad. And do I want to be the dick dad? No. Now we're back on the pumpkin patch. And Shane's like, let's take a pick. Like, see that family over there smiling? Let's try to do that. And Emily in a talking head says, well, it's, it's, it's monumental to do things like this because I never had this. Shane grew up in a different like sort of home with the mom and a dad. And so maybe he doesn't understand why these family activities are such a big deal for me because I'm trying to do better for my children. I'm trying to give them the family structure, trying to give them memories. Shane goes, did we look happy in that photo? And Emily says, we are happy, Shane. And Shane goes, I don't know the kids because they uh, they're all over the place in this pumpkin patch. And Emily goes, we are one big happy family, aren't we? And then Emily starts crying. You're making me cry, Shane. And Shane's like, no, I'm not. It's the heat. I'm not. It's the heat. And she's like, no, it's you, Shane. And he's like, no, I'm not. Come on. We're having fun. <laughs> the, the guy that realizes he's gone too far. So he's like, no, you're an idiot. No, it's you're just sweating. You're sweating. No, it's you're you're no, you, you don't do good in the heat. I didn't make you cry. And Annabelle sees her mom crying. She's like, are you okay? And, and, and Emily's like, he's always telling jokes. And, and Annabelle's like, that's what he does. He always tells jokes, which is like when the, when the child has to comfort the mom. And Shane's like, yeah, I'm just joking. 
And then Emily walks ahead and Shane goes, hey, kids, look, a scarecrow. Oh, it's mommy. Sorry, mommy. He's still doing it. He just can't help himself. Um, so then Shane goes, come on, laughter is the best medicine, right? Right. Now that scene's over. We cut to Tamara meeting up with Jen. They're at this little like healthy ice cream place. Does that even exist? It's called Earth Bowl. And this is the never before seen Peacock version that adds a couple of minutes to the show. I really like it. It comes on the next day and I, I really enjoy it. No commercials. It's perfect. Um, so uh, they're trying to make this small talk and Jen's like, well, Will's in town. Will's her ex-husband. And Tamara's like, how is that working out with you? Do you, you know, do you ever want to tell him to get out of, get, get your own house? This is the moment where if I was Jen, I'd be like, Tamara, I'm sorry. I don't literally want to discuss any personal details of my life because you will use them against me. Point blank. I mean, you, you will use, you can't, it's like Shane making jokes at Emily's expense. She can't help herself. And Jen's like, well, we actually had that conversation. It's just weird. You know, when he comes in, like we have to share a room, you know, he's, and then Tamara's like, he sleeps in your bed. That's weird. That is weird. Actually. I feel like there's that. Is that really true? I, I need more information on that because that's weird. Like, you know, I've slept on enough floors and couches in my day. And I know as we get older, our back and neck issues really flare up, but come on, that's weird. And she's like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, your space is your space. It isn't ideal. But, um, she then talks to Tamara. She's like, I'm glad we're sitting, we're sitting here, Tamara. We have these blowups. Then we come back and talk and Tamara's like, and like I said, at the pool party, I truly do want to apologize like, I will take complete blame for all of it. In a talking head, uh, Jen's like, I'm so confused. You know, is it something I'm missing? Uh, because this is just not the Tamara that we saw at the pool party. And Jen goes, how long do I sit here and be beat up and be the punching bag? Like, at some point, I'm the idiot. And now Tamara reverts to tears. She goes into that tactic. And she's like, I feel like in my head hasn't been a good place lately. I'm like, lately? Uh, probably I'm taking it out on you because Cut Fitness closed and Eddie's grandma's not doing well and my son's Ryan. And she goes, there's been a lot that that's just that's just stored in this head and I don't deal with my emotions and then I explode and I went I want to get to a place that I can trust you and you can trust me and we can share things I should have been better with my words Jen and I should have tried to break down that wall and Jen is like wow well, well maybe that takes this step to get there I understand Tamara I'm like Jen you fucking idiot don't understand this Tamara's in her head doing like jumping jacks like ha ha like this reverting to tears, like in this, I take the blame for everything. Like, come on. This is just, if, you, if you're taking down somebody, have the courage of those convictions. Come on. And Tamara's talking to that. She's like, I haven't changed my opinions about Ryan and Jen. But at Nobu, it got really bad. I was an asshole. I wanted to know I wanted to be happy and I don't want her to be down. I can't keep doing this with her unless it's good for the old TV. And, uh. She goes, I want you to move forward, Jen. I want, you know, for you, I really do. I, I would love to sit down with Ryan even. And Jen's like, wow, Ryan would be so open. Yeah, like just start fresh. And Tamara goes, well, Shannon asked me if John Jansen and me and Eddie would like to go out on the boat to a restaurant. And I recommended that you and Ryan go as well. And Jen's like, oh, you did? And she's like, I did. I really just want a fresh start. And Jen's like, well, I think that would that would be super. And Tamara goes, listen, no one's life is perfect. And even though he's made mistakes, I should have never said anything. 
And Jen goes, listen, you can throw a napkin in my face. You can say horrible fucking things. But at the end of the day, I know you. And I'm always going to take care of us and you. Jen, welcome to the Housewives. You are in for the rudest awakening of your life. You don't know Tamara. You do not know Tamara. Stop with these people that are like, I know your heart. No, you don't know anyone's heart. And and you're then we're going to have to see a second scene where Jen's going to be all jaded because she's like, holy shit, I just got the, my dick handed to me last season. I can't trust anybody. Like, you know, like that, that's really got to do psychological damage to somebody because they're so sure that they know someone's heart. Like, sorry, Jen, you do not know Tamara. Jen in the talking head goes, I've known Tamara a long time and my friendship it matters for me and and i i i just i hate the fighting and i want to believe she means it this time so it's interesting with jen because two of the most important relationships that she's saying in her life are tamra and ryan and they both are people that tell jen things that jen wants to believe but ryan can we really believe he's not going to continue to cheat and can we really believe Tamara in anything she says? So she's actually the same sort of relationship with this male and female in her life. And that's the thing where I feel really my heart goes out to Jen because she's getting it from both sides and she's trying to believe both sides. So Jen to Tamara goes, I don't want to go back there, but it hurt Tamara. And in a talking she's like, I'm a little guarded with Tamara, but I'm sure it can be rebuilt. This is exactly what Shannon Bedore said at the beginning of this season. And she immediately jumped back into bed with Tamara. I'm telling you, the people need to wake up. You are dealing with a Terminator. I am Tamara, the Terminator. I'm a C360 processing computer. I'm going to destroy you. Tamara goes, oh, and also I'm no longer drinking tequila. <laughs> Jen goes, smart. <laughs> and she's like, I passed that torch to Emily. I can't control tequila. I just cannot. Now we're at a new scene with Heather Debro, Dame, Dame Heather Debro. Uh, we're at Javier's, the Mexican restaurant, and we're meeting with Mark Cuban about his new app, the Fireside Platform, which I got to tell you, I think you can stream podcasts on there. It's a whole kit and caboodle, which did you guys read about the new like Zoom? I used to use, use Zoom for podcasting because it was a great way to get gas. You can record it, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But they just did this new update that you had to click on a user agreement that said they have the right to redistribute any of your recordings. Like they had like to use and then to train their AI with it. And it's like, F you, man, that's a service I pay for. And now you're going to say that you have potential ownership rights to anything we use your platform for. Fuck that. So who knows? Maybe Fireside is the way to go. Um, so anyways, Mark Cuban there, a billionaire, awesome guy, Shark Tank. I love him on there. Heather's like, where have you been this week, Mark? And he's like, well, New York, LA, Dallas, now here. And Heather's like, do you remember we had dinner a long time ago in Los Angeles? And Mark's like, I don't remember. And she's like, well, we had fun, Mark, and we paid. <laughs> uh, and I'm talking to Heather. Heather goes, years ago, Terry was like enamored with Mark Cuban, and we had invested in a company he created and ended up all having dinner together. What I really love about Mark is how normal and laid back he is. And he's a billionaire. <laughs> you could have just said billionaire, Heather. We didn't need all that other shit. Uh, I do like that. Like Terry, you know, Terry is an entrepreneur, right? 
Like, I am so curious how Terry makes all of that money. Like the botch thing, all this stuff. But they've got their hands in so much. They come up with, seems like, four different products a year. Half, like, I mean, like, I'm half, which I mean, like, half of one of those end up working at some point. I was talking yesterday about going to a dollar store and, and buying one of, one of Heather and Terry DeBro's diet books at a dollar store. And I was like, pretty sweet find. I think I overpaid, but I was still pretty excited to get it. But they do so, they try so much. And listen... Their lifestyle, they live so large, so it must be working, but it is interesting of Terry, like, I need to meet Mark Cuban. Terry DeBro needs to meet Mark Cuban, and we can have a meeting of the minds about moolah. And Mark is like, yeah, this is great. I'm excited that uh, you're on our platform, Firesign, and I'm here to help. So this is that basic thing where they get to promote these products. And I think... Heather, I think people, housewives, sometimes, I don't know how you guys feel. I don't give two shits when I see any of these. I'm not like, oh my God, Mark Cuban, honey, honey, kids, gather around. Mark Cuban is on the TV, right? He's on a housewife show. Like, I'm never, I don't give a rip usually about special appearances. I was thinking because on Roni last night, they had Frederick Eklund um talking or like you know Aaron revealed that she worked for Eklund and Associates his real estate firm and had a picture of Frederick Eklund from Million Dollar Listing and I remember when Frederick came on Old Roni with Bethany Frankel and I just remember not giving a shit then either because it's just such a like hey together we can potentially get more attention and for this I don't think Mark's looking for any attention but I do think he's looking to talk about this product and they get these little segments where they just get a wax philosophical about the product and blah, 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 blah. but I like Mark Cuban I just don't think it pulls in the star power that Heather DeBro I think thinks it's like Heather this is your issue get your head in the game right here real housewives of Orange County you're dealing with an assassin in Tamara I don't care about any of your products. I don't care about your move back to LA. Get in the game right here because you are trying to focus on all this other shit and you are literally having a takedown season of you, girl. Get your head into the game. It, you're, it's already too late, man. You're working on too many other things and you're thinking this thing's one big commercial for you and your products and you're not, get your head in the game. Um, and uh, she's like, yeah, I'm really excited, Mark, to be on your platform. The platform is great. And we meet Fallon, one of the other co-founders of Fire Sign. So it's Mark and Fallon. And it's the guy, it's the first interactive streaming app. So ba- I guess basically if I'm like interactively streaming and then you can put up like poop emojis while I'm streaming, stuff like that. And Heather goes, I can do scripted. I can host. I can create content. And that's, so I'm just like, just be a housewife, man. Whatever you do after this season, I just, I don't care. Like, I really just want you to interplay with these, the lady dynamic, you know? So uh, we have a flashback to her talking to Terry in bed and she's explaining the Fireside app to him. And she's like, okay, so you, so you film in LA. Okay, okay. And then we get to a talking head of Tamara going, yeah, I had big plans for my OnlyFans. Ugh, ugh. There was a time, remember, when OnlyFans was trying to branch out from uh vagina shots and booby shots from just everybody and they try like i i i shit you not i have emails from only fans where they try to get me on the platform not because it's not just or it doesn't have to just be nudie stuff but they're like no it's perfect for a podcast <laughs> it was like and i almost thought of doing it just because it would be so funny to say i was only fans but then i'm like that joke would pretty much only work for me and then i would get in trouble with my parents down the line somewhere of like i see that you're on only fans i guess the podcast isn't doing as well as you said after all i don't want your dick out there in public can you imagine oh my god 
Yeah. Anyways, Tamara's like, I had big plans for my OnlyFans and so that didn't happen. So watch out with fire sign, Heather. And then Emily, you know, her talking that goes, I can make content. Mine is the shit talking channel. I'm like, okay. And then Tamara back to her talking that she's like, do they put apps on IMDb? Tamara, that's a funny joke, but they actually are starting to put apps on IMDb. And then Heather's talking about the product again of like, it's interactive. So the audience can participate. Yeah, Heather, that's what I guessed interactive meant. Um, and then that's in a flashback to the Montana episodes and Taylor Armstrong pops up and she's like, so it's like Masterpiece Theater? Masterpiece Theater was never interactive, Taylor. It is wild what goes on in all of these ladies' heads. So now back in this scene, Heather DeMarc is like, I have been thwarted from scripted television for so long, but I'm really looking forward to get that all back. And by thwarted, I think she means her kids. Like they have stopped me from unleashing the acting potential of Heather Page Kent onto the world. In a talking head, Heather goes, new eyeballs, new eyeballs on me means work meetings, get meetings. If that's the way I'm going to reintegrate myself into the acting world, maybe that is the whole. And I'm like, no, you are the whole. <laughs> you are a gigantic black hole. Uh, this is exactly how Meryl Streep gets back on top, too. It's like, I will get onto Fireside Theta, me, Meryl Streep. Of course, I am on season three of Only Murders in the Building, which just premiered on Hulu last night, which is actually really good, you guys. You should watch it. That I just love a Heather, like, and then, by the way, she's technically right. Like, meetings get meetings, you know, all industry, industry, da, 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 da. It is funny though. It's just, it's such a business to Heather. And I just want Heather to actually get some sort of role so she can like, you know, I always bring up that one quote my acting teacher used to say of like, love the art in yourself, not yourself in the art. And that's Heather to me is that she loves talking about being an actor and loves seeing herself on things and seeing herself doing things. And, but act, you know, but to me, actors are like, love the art in yourself, love that piece of you that needs to express yourself, whether it be painting, writing, um, you know, making music, making podcasts, the art in yourself, not yourself in the art. Heather likes to see her image everywhere. That's how she comes off. And if that's not how she is, I apologize, but that's how the show makes her come off. And I feel like sometimes when you have those ambitions they're not in the most purest place so it's hard to ever get to where i think she truly wants to go that's what i'm saying she has to like abandon all the riches and really get down to brass tacks if she truly wants to get truly into the acting world anyways heather tells mark i'm nervous and he's like well you know it's not easy you know you know mark he's like mark's like this is probably his 10th business meeting of the day he's like the scary part is when i've done things it's like you know you know, they don't like it. They do like it. I don't know. They're there. You know, <laughs> he's just kind of like, he's making the point that even when you do things, it doesn't mean it's going to be successful is that you just keep trying, you keep doing it. And Heather goes, that is the imposter syndrome. That is what that is. And Mark says, yeah, everybody, you know, you know, he says, Hey, everybody, what do you think? You know, he's like acting like he's talking to a crowd. Hey, everybody, what do you think? And then Heather's like, and then there's just crickets. And Mark goes, yeah, it's like a comedian telling a joke and it bombs. It's just going to happen, which Mark has this really healthy way of looking at it of like, yeah, not everybody's going to like it. Sometimes you just put out stinkers, you know? And Heather's like, I know all about that. Heather goes, this business is full of rejection and it's a mind fuck. 
And uh, she's like, I have no idea what this new venture is going to lead to. It's scary and it's daunting, but it is also going to remind people that Heather Page Kint is still alive and looks fabulous. She does the most annoying talking head, you guys. And I just, I'm just like, oh, girl, I don't know. I don't know. And, and then back in the scene, she's like, I don't, I, I don't want this to work, Mark. I need this to work, which I would be very scared as an investor to hear Heather. Like, I'm like, Heather, it sounds like you're about uh, ready for a emotional collapse. <laughs> like You're like, I need this to work. Well, you know, there's like a 30% chance it will. <laughs> and Fallon goes, you're going to make it work, Heather. Now we cut to Olivia's closet boutique. We have Gina, Gina. Gina, I've come from my condo to meet with Jen. Everybody's busy with their kids. We talk a little bit about that. And Gina's like, I'm very good with, you know, because uh, Jen asks about her real estate stuff. And like, I'm very good friends with one of the top agency teams in the area, the Archuletas. And Travis worked with them a lot because he did mortgages. And they kept telling him, you should get your real estate license. And Travis said, hey, we should do this together. And he got his license. And I would say within the next two months to two years, I should have my license. And Jen's like, that's incredible. Yeah. I want my kids to say I'm willing to work hard for them. And that you, 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 you know, you, do you, have you always worked Jen? And Jen's like, no, when I was pregnant with Harris, you know, I was just a stay at home uh, mom. And then the studio, the yoga studio, when I was doing that studio, it was like this passion and I was married. It got me out of the house and now I need it. The hustle is different. It is real. And Jen's like, in a talking head, I feel like as I get to know Gina more, I like Gina. And I was like, well, it's first season. Gina in a talking head goes, even though the issues I have with the cheating, everything else with Jen and me, we have in common. And Jen in a talking head goes, there is comfort having a relationship with a woman who is in the same position that you are in. And I was like, yeah, that Tamara could take both of you down. Uh, Jen to Gina goes, oh, no, sorry. Jen to Gina goes, I met with Tamara. She's like, how did that go? And Jen goes, well, I just kind of let her talk. And honestly, Gina, we got to a good spot, but it's that feeling of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Cause she just keeps coming to me and keeps, you know, at me and like, you didn't open up. And Gina's like, it's your prerogative, Jen. It's your relationship. You don't have to tell everything or you can, but at this point for sure, I'm way more on your side of it. Cause I don't think that what's happened to you is right. And Jen's like, it is not right. Yeah, it's not. And I'm not going to let it happen again. I'm Gina. Maybe your friends have to step up for you and say no, you know, and say no more. In a talking head, Gina says, it doesn't sound like Jen has done anything wrong to anyone but herself, which she has paid for greatly. And uh, Jen's like, well, I'm supposed to go out with all of them. This invitation on the boat of Shannon and John Jansen's, it's really nice. But I worry about Tamara and I really about I I worry about Ryan and Eddie. I don't know anything about Shannon and John. She's just shared a little. And Gina goes, well, nobody talks about Shannon and John. But then things I do here is never that great. 
And Jen goes, well, she shared with me. She feels like, you know, for the first time in her life, she's in a partnership with John Jansen and that he's an amazing partner. And they do talk about getting married, but I don't know. I mean, I, I've been too busy digging up my own bones. You know, whose life is really that perfect? And Gina goes, well, I think it's easier talking about everyone else. And then you don't have to talk about yourself. Woo, I'm Gina. Um, I think this is wild too, because I really wish Gina would stop talking about herself. We have so many storylines about her journey. <laughs> and I just, I want to talk about her. You know, it's like, okay, I get it. Like the home thing and you got the, you're upset about the cheating thing. And like, you know what I'm saying? Anyways, we cut to this place called Box House, which is like a fancy boxing gym. And we got Tamara there. We got Heather DeBro. We got Jen. And they're starting with some jumping jacks. And Tamara's like, you know, you pee when you do jumping jacks. Because we all know, if we know one thing about Tamara, very weak pelvic flooring. That's just, that's gospel. You know, you know, Tamara, weak pelvic flooring. Uh, I, I also wanted to, I was like, they're all like, technically they look in shape. But you know, Heather, Heather isn't truly in shape compared to Jen and Tamara. Like they do like constant aerobics and Heather just... I think she burns calories talking about herself. So it's just different. And anyways, Tamara goes, oh, I want to go longer on the punching bag. Tamara's loving the punching bag. And Heather, and then, the, by the way, the teacher, this really like douchebag teacher, so she's like, oh, I want to go longer on the bag. And the teacher goes, that's what she said. Are we allowed, like, that's very, are we allowed to just make, it's like Tamara's allowed to make sexual innuendos, but is the male teacher of this boxing gym allowed to be like, that's what she said. I'm making a sex joke about sex going longer. She wants to be pumped longer by a penis. Um, Tamara goes, Hey, so anyways, what have you ladies been up to? And, uh, Heather's like, well, I told you we are in escrow right now on a place in LA. Just like, you're not moving, moving. And Heather's like, no, no, it's not big enough for us to move in. I was thinking a little bit more of a pied de terre for me and Terry. And a pied de terre, you guys, is a small unit or apartment or condo often located in a large city and not used as individual primary residences. But by the way, their pied de terre that they're talking about is bigger than any place I've ever lived in. But yeah, yeah. Of course, they're not going to be able to open a Costco like the one they have in their house at the Pied de Terre. It's only, you know, it only has room for eight to nine people. So it is very much a downsizing thing. And also, I want to point out, they just recently in the last couple of weeks bought a like $30 million mansion in Beverly Hills. So the Pied the Pied de Terre is already like out the door. Like, what the hell? Anyways, Heather's like, it's going to be a place to hang my hat. Like how fucking big, how, how big of a kimosabi hat are you planning on planting there? My God. And in talking head, Heather goes, Terry and I started looking for apartments in Los Angeles and we found the most perfect place ever. And then we get a flashback of last month, uh, Heather and Terry FaceTiming and Terry's like, you really want that place? It's a lot of money. And he, and he goes, uh, you know, she's like, I think we would be happy there, Terry. I think it would be good for us. This penthouse represents the first step back to my career in Hollywood. You know, this is the first of many steps. I'm like, yeah, this is the first thing. What a great, you know, make sure you got a mansion penthouse. That's great. That's the first step of any actor trying to break into the business. She's like, Orange County, sun, surf, sand. It was amazing. Auditions, not so much. 
And t- by the way, at this point, you know, Heather's just going to buy her way in. Like audition. Ugh, it's just wild. Anyways, Tamara's like, well, Shannon and John, we went on a double date with them. And they're like, that's fun. How was that? Well, they seem like they are super happy, Tamara says. And Heather goes, I think so, too. They're happy, which is wild, right? Because Heather was supposedly the one telling Tamara all of this information off camera. And Tamara in a talking head goes, it's interesting, Heather, because you've told me completely the opposite. And you've talked shit to Emily and Gina as well. I don't know if Heather has forgotten what she said in the past, but I want to test her and see how far she'll go. Now is my favorite part of the show where I get to talk about our sponsor. And this week we are once again sponsored by our friends over at Quince. Now Quince is here to help you with your wardrobe. We are well into summer. We are looking towards the fall and I would say all of our wardrobes need an upgrade, right? So instead of a flimsy fast fashion haul, spend your money wisely on high quality essentials that will last beyond this season. Now Quince is my new spot for quiet luxury without paying luxury prices. And I got to tell you it was it's awesome. Like they have this website, you can I'm pulling it up right now and it's just literally quince.com. You can do that within 5 seconds. Do it right now while you're listening and you come to a website where you can look at amazing clothing for men and women and baby and kids. I mean it's all laid out there for you. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from $30. So all their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you'll have them in your closet forever. So I have two pieces for them so far. I have this blue, um, like light blazer that will be with me forever. And it looks awesome. I'm kind of a bigger guy and it fits me perfectly. And also then I have this, like, I love color blue. Like this is like a dark blue kind of like, it's not a coat, but it almost feels like it's a little bit of a heavier texture and it sits really nice on me. <laughs> I'm like, guys, you got to see it. It sits really nicely on me. But what I loved about these pieces is that they are pieces that I truly will be able to wear until I completely tatter them. But it's only, it's going to take like a decade for that to even start to happen. Um, and I thought, you know, these kind of things, I thought, okay, well that in a normal store, maybe like 150 for the, the, the nice shirt jacket. And then for the sports jacket, I thought 200, you're talking a hundred dollars for everything. I mean, it's awesome and they fit great. they look amazing. I know you're wondering though, Ryan, how do they do it? Quince partners directly with top factories to cut the cost of the middleman and pass that savings right on to you. Now, what's even better is that Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes. This company cares about that stuff. We should care about that stuff. So you can feel good about getting high quality items that last longer. So here's the deal. Upgrade your closet this summer, this fall with Quince. Right now, go to Quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash so bad 
for free shipping and 365 day returns. And I'll put this in the show notes as well. And then I guess just DM me if you want to see me in my nice looking blazer. And maybe that's, I'll spice up the deal. I'll send you a picture of me in my Quince blazer. Anyways, uh, they're great. Back for the remaining portion of our show. And uh, once again, I just want to explain to people, of course, like that's the point. Heather said this shit off camera because she didn't want to be on camera. She was having private conversations with these ladies and Tamara is using that as a weakness against Heather of trying to bring it up on camera. And I was like, no, they're happy. Like Heather's not in essence. Heather is being a good friend to Shannon. If this shouldn't be talked about on camera, Heather is doing Shannon's bidding in that sense, right? Tamara is the one who is not like, I'm trying to make everybody see this. Uh, Eddie, uh, Eddie, Tamara's like, Eddie tried to test them and catch John off guard. And he was like, do you guys live together? And they were both like, no, no, no. And then, uh, Heather's like, well, Terry did that too. And then Eddie was like, when are you guys going to get married? And Jen says, well, I asked too. And she said they were waiting for the kids to get out of the house or something. And Tamara's like, which I don't understand at all. And Heather says, well, would it be better to do it when the kids are about to leave or wait? And Tamara's like, well, if there was a problem, I mean, sure. It would be, you know, and Heather goes, or to make it easier. I don't know. I have not been in that position. So I really shouldn't be speaking. So Heather's like, no, I'm not taking the bait. I'm not speaking about this. Heather in a talking head even says, I don't really know what the angle is. It's not lot, you know, it's not like we sit around talking about Shannon's life all day. Why do you want to know about this, Tamara? And why in front of Jed? Tamara and Shannon are really close again, and Tamara has a big mouth. If I had an opinion on Shannon, you think I'm telling Tamara? So that's a fascinating thing. And this is what I'm talking about. If Heather wasn't so damn busy with trying to get back in the the Oscar race for the Best Actress trophy, she would get her head more in the game like this, because this is exactly what's happening. And Tamara in a talking head goes, joke's on you, Heather, bitch. I already told her. And it's like, we know. We saw it. Heather says, Jen, you told me talking about your relationship has caused problems. And Jen's like, it really does. So don't you think that's why Shannon keeps her relationship close to the best? So Heather's saying this exactly what she should say if she is Shannon's friend. And Tamara's like, well, I don't know. We cut to Emily and Shane at this restaurant, Las Brises. And uh, Emily goes, well, one of the reasons I was attracted to Shane in the first place, he was, he's funny, but sometimes I want to bypass that funny stuff and get to the serious stuff. And when I mean serious stuff, I mean anal sex. No, that was last week's episode where they talked. I was just, uh, if you've got, I haven't gotten over it still. So I just want to remind people last week's episode talked a lot about Shane liking to do butt stuff with Emily. And I know this is a family show, but I just want to, you know, this is a public service announcement. So trigger warning. I just said butt stuff. Um, Ah, I'm supposed to do the trigger warning before I do the. Okay, got it. I got it. Um, and she's like, you know, I want to get the funny stuff out of the way and get to this. By the way, I feel like I have a very similar Shane Simpson sense of humor. I think Emily would dig me. I do. I do. <laughs> she's like, I want to get the serious stuff, but it's it's hard to get to the serious sometimes with Shane. And by the way, now we see Shane at the dinner. He's doing prop comedy with the champagne bottle. And I was like, we've been married 14 years and I would have divorced him a long time ago if he wasn't so damn funny. Shane's world, Shane's world, party time, excellent. Rear, 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 rear. 
Shane goes, uh, Emily, you look nice. You look like you're, you got your act together. And Emily goes, I definitely don't. He says, I said, you looked, I didn't say you did Emily. He dummy. And Emily's like, Hey, we need to have a very important conversation about parenting. And Shane's like, yeah, it's important. We're on the same page. And Emily says, I don't think we are like, okay, I'll give you an example. When we were at the pumpkin farm, you uh, corrected what I said in front of the kids. And we get a flashback of what we already saw guys. Bravo. You know, this will be on my deathbed. I'll be begging you like the last words of my mouth. Please tell Bravo to stop showing flashbacks of scenes in the actual episode that we're currently watching. Our memories can go back 30 minutes, please. Uh, like that's it's going to It's my final help. Uh, Andy, please. Uh Never let Rinna on TV again. Uh, <laughs> I just keep waking up. And I'm like, also, to be continued, stop it. We know every show is legitimately a to be continued. Uh, I'm so silly. Um, Shane's like, well, I didn't mean to correct. I, I meant to add. And he said, you know, this is my thinking, you know, are, are you done? And Emily says, well, I want to figure out how to be a better team. Cause as a kid, I never did anything with a mom and a dad and it hurt my feelings. It minimized my thoughts. And he's like, I'm sorry. And it was genuine. He says, you know, and he goes, so for my children to be out at a pumpkin patch with mom and dad as a family, I know it seems very trivial to you potentially, but it tainted a little, it tainted a little bit for me and it marginalized me as a mom. And then I shit you not. Shane goes, did you say taint? No, he didn't say that, but you know he was thinking it, guys. You know Emily said tainted, and Shane goes, huh, did, did, uh, you, did you say taint? <laughs> yeah, yeah, taint, taint. Anyway, Shane goes, I'm sorry we had a bad moment. And she goes, I want you to feel you respect me as a mother, and the kids see that. And he goes, I will do that. And she says, thank you. And in a talking head, Emily goes, I do love Shane will always take ownership of things he's done. That's hurtful. That's key. That's how you grow as a couple, as a father, as a mother. And she's right. And I do got to give props to Shane. There did not seem to be an argument at all. He was like, I apologize. And it's so nice when people just go, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will try to be better at that. And not the, no, but you see what it is. Well, I'm sorry, but, and it was nice. This is a good example. Um, so now we're at Gina's practice showing because she's a real estate. She's pra she's practicing for real estate. And Travis comes in. He's like, it, it, it smells good in here, babe. And she's like, I put cookies in the oven. And I'm like, Gina, you can't move into the place that you're showing. Like, Jesus, God. But I guess they do this to get the cookie smell. So buyers are like, oh, my God, it smells like sugar in here. Let's buy this place. Anyway, she's like, I met with Julia and Dave. And it went really good. The way they show houses, what they feel is important. And we get a flashback of them teaching Gina how to, like, you know, start conversations with the clients. You know, if, like, they're like, Gina, you know, if you, you know, ask them how many kids they have and then you go, oh, this kitchen island is perfect for seven kids, you know, which I just imagine Gina's like, how many kids do you have? You know, and the guy's like, well, we have four. Oh, interesting. We have two. My husband, Matt, cheated on me and left the kids heartbroken. Yeah. Anyways, this kitchen island is very nice, right? <laughs> Anyways, also the ladies are like, Gina, they don't want to just smell the cookies. They want to eat a cookie. And I'm like, is this a Tamara sexual innuendo joke? Or are we really, we're really talking cookies? I think we're really talking cookies. And she's like, okay, I'm getting more excited about it now. Travis, I want you to pretend to, you know, I want to role play that you're the customer and I'm selling you the house. And I'm like, Jesus, God, really? 
like, oh my God. And they're talking to Gina's like, this is a big decision in their lives. They want to feel comfortable with me, the seller, Gina. I feel like I can sell the features of this home. Let's go sell. And so we now do this role play like, hey, I'm Travis. Hey, I'm Gina. Uh, you Are you in the market for a home? I do. I have too many kids. How many do you have? Well, we we have um, I don't I'm we're a blended family. Crazy story. I have six kids as well. Well, this home I love the kids. The floors are durable, so you can smack the kids all around the floors, and the floors won't break. Also, we upgraded the baseboards. A perfect place to smash kids' heads. Anyways, I'll take you upstairs, and then she shows Travis her bus. Like, do you like the goods? These are like called white risers. I don't know. She's making up things. She's like, my skill sets, skill sets are talking to people and Travis will do the paperwork. He'll do all of that. And Travis is like, how, how much is this place? Oh, to be honest, I never looked at the price. And Travis goes, well, other than the price, you did really good. <laughs> yeah, I got to go study for the state exams now. I love that we're building this life together. I just want to be on the longest journey possible with Travis. Now we're at a new scene. We're at John Jansen's house under the bridge on the water. And Shannon goes, John, do, do, do you have do you have gasoline in the boat? And he goes, yeah, I have plenty. I'm John Jansen. And then we meet Banks, his dog. They're making a charcuterie tray. Shannon's nervously making a charcuterie tray. And uh, and Shannon's like, well, John, have you ever run out of gas? And he's like, no, and I never will. <laughs> if you do it in the right voice, everything sounds potentially threatening from John Jansen. No, I'll never run a gas and I never will. And Shannon's like, why? And he goes, because I'm always prepared. For that booty, yeah, Shannon. Give me that Shannon song. Oh, booty, booty. I'm John Jansen. I live under the bridge. I'm John Jansen. I live under the bridge. Never run out of gas. I'm a sexual wool dynamo. Um, so they sit out with a cocktail on the dock. Of course, right? Of course, they sit on the they sit at a cocktail. They're just drinking. I'm telling you guys, the, the, one of their biggest pastimes as a couple off camera. I'm telling you, is just drinking cocktails together. And Janet goes, uh, John Janet goes. So how how was your dinner with Vicky? She's like, good. Really? Uh huh. And then we get a flashback to that. It what you know, it was pretty intense. And he's like, was there a lot of laughs? Yeah, a lot of laughs. And a talking head, Shannon's like, I'm not going to tell John anything about the Trace Amigas lunch because we are about to have a fun night. Eddie and Tamara come in, you know, and uh, Shannon's like, I don't want to put a black cloud over the night. John is not going to be happy about this. And I'm like, what's he going to, he's going to take it out on that booty. And Tamara's like, well, did, did you tell, did you tell John? And Shannon's like, no, 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 no. Cause I, I want to know exactly what Heather said first. Eddie is awkwardly petting Banks, their dog. And Tamara goes, you know, this is the first time seeing Ryan since the cut fitness party. And Tamara goes in a talking head. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous about seeing him. I have said a lot of things about him. And then we get a flashback of every fucking thing that Tamara said about Ryan over the season. And it's a lot. Tamara tells John, well, this is the first time I'm seeing Ryan. Do you know about this? And Shannon's like, did, did I tell you all of the things? And John goes, no, you told me very little. You told me very little. I'm John Jansen. I like that Shannon fully keeps this, like, you know, because you get the sense that John's like, I don't want to hear any about that bullshit realizers of Orange County. I'll go on a potentially three dates, maybe use the boat. 
in a respectful way, but I don't want any of this shit. You told me about the penis pics and I didn't even like that, Shannon. And uh, Shannon's like, well, she's like, no, you told me very little. And Shannon goes, a, a, a penis picture. And he goes, yep, you told me about that. And Tamara says, so evidently when he walked into our gym for the very time, first time, he pointed to my friend Heather and pointed to me and said, I'm going to fuck her. And Eddie in a talking head goes, my friendship with Ryan has always been at arm's length. Buff arms, huge gun. Welcome to the gun show arms. But we got to know him pretty well on the Cabo trip. I'm like, if you you keep it at an arm's distance, like I don't keep people at an arm's distance and then go to Cabo with them. But I don't know. But the rumors I heard about Ryan made me concerned. Is this the right guy for my friend? Does he mean Tamara's his friend? I think he means Jen. And Tamara says, so if someone goes overboard on your boat tonight and you can tell John's like, we don't joke about boat safety. You will not get me kicked out of this place under the bridge. We don't joke about boat safety. In a talking head, Tamara goes, I really do care about Jen. I just see the train wreck. You know, it's none of my business. Um, and then Eddie goes, but it is, it is. And Jen and Ryan come in the dar. The dog is like really barking at Ryan. Ryan is wearing this ridiculous jean jacket with like writing all over it, like cursive with like a leopard popped collar. It's very weird. It is. I would love to know what Jenna Lyons has to say about this outfit. And Ryan goes, Hey bro. Like Ryan's already like growing it up. Hey bro. And he hugs everyone. How are you Tamara? And Tamara's like, I'm good. Uh, this guy is like fully on 11. It's like real, it's like Southern charm energy. And Shannon and the talking heads like, well, his tension is rising. And let's not forget the last time I was on a boat with these women, it didn't go so well. And I wrote right in the note, I go, I bet that there is a flashback now. And sure enough, we get a flashback two months earlier where we have Tamara screaming in the second episode of the season. You're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. Shannon now we're getting towards the boat in this scene and Shannon's untying the boat and Eddie goes, do you, do you need help? And Shannon's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm the first mate. And Tamara whispers to Eddie, he won't even look at me. Ryan won't even look at me. And now all of a sudden we cut to a scene with Heather and Terry at their mansion. And Terry is bringing two glasses of wine in like in his scrubs. I'm like, dude, I know you're a doctor. Like, let's take the scrubs off. We're now drinking, like we're, we're dealing with liquids and food. Let's take it off. You know, like I don't want naked, but let's take it off. And Terry goes, well, we got the escrow papers. And she's like, what does that mean? Well, it's, it's ours. The place is ours, whether, whether we want it or not, then we, you know, we have to deal with selling this house. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. 
Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And uh, Heather's like, Josh and Heather Altman were here yesterday, of course, from Million Dollar Listening, of course. And I was talking um, with, with Josh. And, you know, it's like, can we talk for one second? What is so crazy is, you know, I've been wanting to sell this house. And in a talking head, Heather's like, our house isn't on the market, but we got a cold call from Josh Altman. And we cut to the quote unquote cold call. Guys, bullshit. There's not cameras set up for a, oh, wow, the cameras are here with a cold call from Josh Altman for Million Dollar Listing. Anyways, Terry's like, what's up, man? And Josh is like, well, there's this family who's been looking around and this family, they are heavy hitters. It's the Bin Laden family. <laughs> they are heavy hitters. Do you want to sell your house? I would ask for 65 million. And Heather goes, I'm open to the change. The universe is speaking to us, but long road. It's a long road between here and us packing boxes. Let's see if it's meant to be. And when she says us packing boxes, she means a team of movers that we will hire and fire and then hire a different team of movers. We will not be touching any of the movie. You know, it's like, it's a long road of me uh, having my assistant call the companies to help move us. That's what she means by long road, but that's a long road. And Terry goes, it's so weird. You have been lamenting uh, of well, wanting to get to this house of hating the four housekeepers, the five landscapers, the, the 20 people that clean out your toilet, the three gift wrappers, the two little elves that just, we hired as elves as garden gnomes. We have just so many people and you've been lamenting all the people. And uh, you know, you know, Heather's like, this represents a job. I don't want anymore. I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but I don't want to be the general manager anymore. And I'm talking to her, she's like, we built this house. I'm proud of it. And we get a flashback to all the building, blah, 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 blah. And her going like, oh, that's the molding. That's the etched windows of my drawing. And I did the ironscaping. And oh, look at this fire bosom. Like just shit. You're like, okay. And, um, and she's like, uh, and Terry's like, are you looking forward to moving to a house with less? No, sorry. The producer goes, are you looking forward, Heather, to moving to a house with less staff than family? And uh, Heather goes, I can't wait to do things I'm excited about. And when she says that, you know, she means acting, you guys. And uh, then she tells Terry, listen, I'm worried about things falling through the cracks. Our daughter, Katrina, is that her name? Katrina? Katrina 
it's her sweet 16. I've got no gifts for her yet. And I'm like, why don't you give her the pieta de, the, the, the pieta terre? One, I mean, just, oh, you, we got no gift. I don't know, Heather, go to your gift room. Like you must have, I know you have a gift room of shit you give to people in that house. And uh, he's like, oh, well, she's got her drive. Terry's like, she got her, her driving test. Who's going to take her driving? And Heather's like, you have to take her driving. And, uh, you know, they, they both agree that their daughter is like a terror on the road. They're like, I don't, you know, it's like, we try not to make fun of her, but she's the worst driver ever. And then we get a flashback of them driving and Heather being scared and, uh, their son in the back and being scared as well. And Heather's like, I told her that you are good at everything. And maybe just driving isn't one of those things. And Heather's like, it's scary for everyone. And Terry's like, she's going to ball her eyes out when she fails the test. And Heather's like, well, she should fail the test. She shouldn't pass the test. And listen, I'm not a parent. So obviously my thought is if you are this scared about this girl in a car, don't let her be in the car. Like if we're already, let's like, let's call it a blessing that we've recognized it right out of the gate. Why put her in the car and put safety for anybody at risk? And uh, Terry's like, I just don't understand why all this is happening at the exact same time. Isn't that life, you guys, when you're trying, you know, we all have, you know, when you're in your like $55 million mansion and then I'll say, oh, what are your kids? Does it take a driver's test? And you're like, ah, the universe, I'm trying to act here, you know? In a talking head, Heather's like, we have built so much together over the last three decades. This signifies our next chapter as a family and as a couple. And then she gives that little mini pause. And it's just so cool. It's just so cool. I'm blessed. Hashtag blessed. And it is cool. It's cool for her. It, you know, it's like, it's cool for her. It's cool for her. And she still wants more, you guys. She still wants more. Capitalism. Terry goes, this next step, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Terry's like, I'm like, oh, creepy. New scene. We're back on John Jansen's boat. And John's like, Shannon, can you now bring on, bring this in on the fender? And Shannon's like, oh, the scene of the crime as they pass Nobu. And Eddie's like, who who got killed in Nobu? And Jen's like, I did, Jen Pedronti. We get a flashback to Tamara throwing the napkin again. And Shannon's like, does anybody want cheese? <laughs> and Tamara talking head goes, I don't want to look at Ryan, but he always dresses so silly. Why does he wear leopard on his collar? And the sound effect goes, Rawr. They dock and they go to this restaurant. Shannon, Shannon gets a hanger lime vodka drink, which she switched from tequila. So that's good. It's progress john's like i'll take a paloma i'll take a paloma jen gets a like a uh, like a scratch on her back of her head and eddie goes hey save the sex action for tonight he says it with like do you know how eddie says things with just no charm at all that's why like he must look at tamra as the most entertaining person on the planet because when eddie says anything you're like you know like he seems really even killed. He seems like that guy that can commit to a diet. Like if he has a cheat meal, it's still very lean fat. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't, da, da, da. it's very this. And Eddie's like, um, they're talking about, uh, cause John Jansen is like, Shannon, Shannon picked out this shirt, uh, this button up shirt. I would have worn a white t-shirt. That's what I would have worn. And Eddie goes, well, my wife dressed me tonight. And Ryan says in a talking head, I dressed me. 
My clothes are my jam. When you look good, you feel good. And when you dress creepy, you are creepy. And Tamara's like, what in the Backstreet Boys is going on there? And Jen and I talking to that goes, when I saw Ryan the first time, it's like gross. But look at me. I'm in a fucking feather right now because she's in a talking head with a big feather dress. The food gets delivered and Ryan all of a sudden brings up the dick pic. The dick, the, the infamous dick pic. And Tamara says, duh, do you want to talk about the dick pic? And you can tell Tamara's like excited immediately and there's silence. Awkward silence. And Jen and I talking to her goes, is anyone going to address the elephant in the room? They all need to figure this out. Welcome to the war. Start talking. And Shannon says, John, have you, have you seen, have, have you seen one? Have you ever sent one to John Jansen? And John Jansen's like, no, I'll never send a dick pic. And they all laugh. And Shannon and I talking to her goes, I'm just going to say, I've never hopped on the dick pic train. I don't understand why someone was in a pic, let alone a limp dick. My limp dick messes, misses you. Cause that's what Ryan said. I just don't. And I'm thankful for people like Shannon that don't hop on the dick pic train. I'm thankful. Thank you for your service, Shannon. I salute you. Ryan's limp dick salutes you. Not me, Ryan, the character, Ryan, but I love, by the way, I would be more disturbed if Shannon was like, yeah, I'm a huge fan of dick pics. I love them. I ask fans to send them to me. I just, it, it makes me feel all the warm fuzzies. I love a good dick pic. Uh, Shannon says, I tell my kids, no, Tamara says, I tell my kids, don't send dick pics. Don't send anything that'll ever come back to you. I got to imagine that's another scary thing about having young kids. It's like this shit wasn't around when I was growing up. And uh, thank God I, you know, like I always say, I have thick thighs. So it makes my dick look smaller than it actually is. And just, you can't explain that with a dick pic. Like you can't send a dick pic and go, Hey, listen, I have thicker thighs. So what you're seeing here is potential, you know, it's like objects in the mirror, you know, it's like the whole thing. And then you're like, I, you know, if you have to send like a whole PSA along with a dick pic, that pro- <laughs> anyways shannon and i talking sorry you guys shannon talking head goes i'm not comfortable saying the word dick i just don't get the whole thing and i'm like sure shannon i love the fact that shannon shannon just like uh i don't i don't like the word dick i use the word cock i love cock and balls you know, I'll be like, John, can I see your cock and balls? But dick is just gross. It's not the way God intended. Shannon and John at this point excuse themselves for, oh, by the way, Tory Lanez, the rapper that uh, shot Megan the Stallion in the foot has just been sentenced to 10 years, which is a lesser sentence than he could have gotten. But man, the lesson here is don't shoot people and then lie about it. Um, so Shannon and John use the restroom because they have to go shit and but they get, you know, they're all like, let's, let's have them talk. Let's have, you know, I bet they're at the bar just downing shots. Tamara goes, well, this is the perfect opportunity for us to talk to Ryan. You know, first and foremost, you know, uh, you know, let's just talk about this. And Ryan goes, first and foremost, brother, I could cry. I owe you an apology to Eddie. He goes, first and foremost, I could cry. So he's like starting off strong, starting with an apology and also saying that he's emotional about it. And Eddie's like, why? Because I care about you, brother. Something I was told to me, at, you know, and I found out later it was not true. Then it's just not cool. I'm actually empathetic. It hurts my heart to see the hurt that Jen is dealing with on my behalf. And it's it's been a struggle for me that Jen has come home in tears many a night. I hate that I'm feeling really hurt. And to be honest, a little betrayed by you. So the guy starts off with, I owe you an apology. And then ends with, I feel a little betrayed to you. So he completely... 180s it it's so bizarre because i'm like okay okay well now he's hurt okay well it's it's just all over the map it's not a great 
you know, I, I was not in Ryan's corner regardless, but I'm not a huge Tamara fan. So it was like, but he just doesn't do himself any favors with this. And Eddie, Eddie goes, I was told you um, that you go after married woman and fast forward. Since I met you 30 days later, you actually did uh, with her. And I found out when you told me in Mexico and it blew my mind because I had no clue that you were going through that, Jen. And he says to Jen, he goes, you're amazing. And Tamara goes strong. And Eddie's like super strong. We're like super strong. But um, I couldn't help but, you know, I couldn't help come to the conclusion that this is fucking true. He's going after married women. And I don't know you, but I've known Jen longer than I've known you. And we're also talking about him telling about Tamara that he's going to fuck her. And Tamara goes, so to hear all these things and see these things all kind of happen, it, it did go through our mind. Now, Shannon and John awkwardly come back. and. Um, you know, she, you know, Eddie's like, well, I want to address some things with you, Ryan, so we can squash them. Did you cheat on your wife? And Ryan's like, I did multiple times. You know, he almost seems proud of it. I sure did. You betcha. You betcha. And Eddie's like, okay, so that generally makes you a cheater, right? That would put the cheater label on you. And when you walked into my gym and Heather heard you say you wanted to fuck my wife, did you say that or not? And Ryan says, um, well, all I will say is, you know, uh, I did not. And I will be honest with you. Heather called me and said, Tamara was talking about you, how hot you were on the treadmill, how this and that. And we had a good laugh. And I did say Tamara is hot and we had a laugh. And then Eddie's like, so you're saying Heather is lying. And he goes, yeah. Shannon in a talking head goes, I don't like the word dick. No, she goes, I don't know what is true and what is false, but I've known Heather Amin for years and she is not a liar. Well, okay. If you say so, Shannon. And then Jen in a talking head goes, I think I think Heather, I mean, is so passionate about this because she was in love with Ryan. And Eddie goes, okay, I have one last question. I love that Eddie is now, it's like Matlock. You know, to, one last question for the defendant. The jury, please pay attention. Did you cheat on Jen? And he goes, I did not. Now, Jen and I, in the first few months, maybe six months into our relationship, I said it was too much. And, you know, we stayed in this kind of spot for like five weeks. And Tamara says, but then you slept with someone else. Does that mean you really love her? And Ryan goes, definitely. And Jen goes, well, when we, when we went on this break, there were rules around it. Not in my mind. Like, but if you were still communicating with me, how did you still sleep with someone else? I feel like I was cheated on. Jen says this in a talking head. But even Jen, like this is, this is the case. This guy did cheat on her. And Ryan goes, well, I think you will, I, <laughs> to the jury, I think you will see the love that we have for each other if you just are around us. And Eddie says, well, I'm asking these questions so we can just get over it. And Ryan goes, I appreciate your time. I rest my case. <laughs> he goes, I appreciate your time. And you know, John Jansen's like, God damn it. What the, I just wanted a nice little Paloma. Tamara says, do we need to talk about this or can we move forward? And Eddie's like, bon appetit. And Shannon and I talking head goes, no one, it's just no one's business. No one knows what goes on between closed doors. And Tamara says, oh, well, what's next for you guys? Engagement, marriage, Bahamas. And Ryan's like, all of it. And she's like, oh, so you want to do all those things? And uh, he's like, yeah, I want to do all. I want to do the engagement, the marriage, the I want all of it. And then Tamara and I talking and goes, I won't probably get invited to the wedding. I'm like, yeah, you hell, hell no, you shouldn't be invited. But then uh, Tamara goes, well, and she's going to have a hard time finding bridesmaids because Ryan fucked them all. This is where Tamara, like, it's like Tamara doesn't truly care about Jen. Like, this is not a caring person. It's a professional housewife. 
These ladies, these are professional housewives. That's why, once again, I want to compare it to Roni when in their talking heads, it's more, you know, it's like the real stuff still. So Tamara says, we are in the home stretch. I just found out my mom's new boyfriend is younger than me, 54. My mom is 72. So we're now on Tamara's again. And they're like, didn't you have to have a talk with her? And you, yeah, because they were having loud sex in the, in the house. And then Tamara's like, yeah, she got one of those red balls. She said she could put it in her mouth to stop from screaming. That's my mom, a hussy. And John's like, nice light dinner conversation. <laughs> uh, you know, much of which I feel like I shouldn't be here for. And then they all like to John Jansen, to John Jansen's boat. And by the way, this is where I think some of the housewives of Orange County potentially listen to the show because I feel like I'm the one that's like John Jansen, John Jansen. And they're all now to John Jansen. They all say his full name now to John Jansen. I know I'm probably they probably don't listen, but it's nice to think. It's nice to think about Tamara. You're doing a kick-ass job, but man, I dislike you as a housewife, but you're, you're killing it. And what a good episode. I hope you enjoyed this recap. I hope you got some laughs. Hope if you're watching this on YouTube, you appreciate that. I, I don't really look that good, but anyways, who knows? Who cares? You guys have a great Wednesday and I will talk to you very, very soon. Go sign up for the Patreon. Go listen to that Roni recap. I really dug it. Okay. Bye guys. Betches.